Hello, my friend. Jeff C. here with a great new resource that I put together just for you. It's a complete database of all the tools that I use to create content and run my business. I've got apps, software, hardware, and even my favorite AI tools. It's easy to find what you need and tells you exactly how I'm using them in my business. To get access to my toolbox, just go to jeffc.com forward slash toolbox. That's J-E-F-F. S is in Sam, I-E-H. That's I before E, especially in C. That's how my mama had me learn it. So go check it out. And if you haven't heard me say it in a while, I appreciate you listening, my friend. And now, on with the episode. Keeping you up to date on the world of social media. Industry experts. Innovators. Creators. Storytellers. And the latest social media tools, tips, and tactics. This is Social Media News Live. Hello, folks. Welcome to Social Media News Live. I'm Jeff C. And you're not. And I'm Grace Duffy. And this is the show that keeps you up to date on the world of social media and more. And on today's show, we have our friend Kate Payne. And we're exploring how to use LinkedIn Creator Mode to expand your reach and influence on LinkedIn. And I'm not talking about as an influencer although there's nothing wrong with that, but as a thought leader and as an expert positioning yourself as an expert in your field, we're also going to talk about how to set up creator mode, what you need to do to get started, and some updates that LinkedIn has been actively rolling out to creator mode. Kate, I'm so excited. She impressed me so much on stage. I never saw her speak before at Lima, so I'm so excited to share her with you from, uh, because you guys are just going to love her. So Kate, how are you doing today? I'm good, thank you. And I'm so, I'm really, truly so excited to be with both of you on this show. I've been watching your show for a long time. I've met Grace through a couple things that we've been on panels together. And um, so it's really cool to be here. Thanks. Yeah. So if you guys don't know who Kate is, I am so happy to introduce you. Uh, her to you. She is the founder and president of Standing Out Online, where she helps authors, speakers, coaches, entrepreneurs, executives, and independent professionals stand out online to become recognized authorities in their industry. As a personal branding consultant, she has a knack for helping them discover their personal story and how to weave it into their professional brand. She's also a LinkedIn profile coach, and she's here today to talk to us all about it. So make sure you guys ask your questions. Pepper me with questions. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> so there are a lot of jokes. Okay, before we get started, there are a lot of jokes about how people present themselves on LinkedIn versus everywhere else on the internet. And I'm talking about like the overtop, bloviating, salesy, fake guru inspirational, aspirational. The one example I saw today was like someone that's a, a TikToker, like someone who does really well. They're like, I'm an experimental video creator. And I'm like, well, that's true. But there's just something funny about that. Meanwhile, there's a lot of folks who just treat LinkedIn as an online resume and only get fired up about it, fired up about it when they get into uh, job hunt mode, meaning infrequently. And so it's hard to kind of ditch that resume talk as you put it, that resume talk when it goes on LinkedIn and truly start showing up as that real person mixing in your professional. So what is the first step, I guess, before we go into creator mode about breaking out of this resume talk and being a more consistent human being on LinkedIn or consistent and a human being on LinkedIn? We are all consistently human. Sorry. <laughs> yes, we are. Thank goodness. So what, what I really want people to see is like, you know, LinkedIn is no longer just a job seeking platform. I mean, admittedly, when it was founded way back in 2003, that's what it was used for. And now LinkedIn is really a great marketing platform. It's a personal branding platform. It's a relationship building platform. Um, uh, I mentioned to you guys before we got on, you know, I'm good friends with Vivica Von Rosen, who is literally the at LinkedIn expert and a dear friend. And um, Vivica, as well as some of us have said, when you're on LinkedIn, see yourself as a resource versus a resume. So you can still have your you know, chronological experience to show your credential and why you are who you are in your world and your industry, but also be bringing in some aspect of like that human part of you. Because in this day and age now, we need to show that human side also with our professional side. And so there's kind of a way you can finesse that on LinkedIn. Very, very cool. So we're going to dive 
deeper into that today, but I'll tell you something else. Somebody who's consistent and human, look at the segue, I'm just so good, is our friends over at Ecamm. You can find out more about them at socialmedianewslive.com forward slash Ecamm. They have got a ton of cool stuff going on. Uh, they have this giveaway they're doing uh, today through June uh, 30th. They Let me see if I can pull that up. Yeah, here it is. Um, if you go to Ecamm.tv, that's E-C-A-M-M.tv slash C-A-W giveaway, that's uh, Customer Appreciation Week. They got a bunch of cool giveaways they're doing. You guys need to go check that out. They've got merch deals on their sites right now at merch.ecam.com. They've got a new Discord server. Um, if you go to ecam.tv forward slash Discord. And they got Demo Mode uh, Demo Mode Pro Season 2 has started. It's a weekly show on YouTube. And they also have this brand new show, show that's really, really cool called Marshall Creates. And it's every Thursday now. Uh, it started this Thursday. And you can find all about this stuff at the Ecam Live community. Just do a search for Ecam Live community on Facebook. They have an incredible group. I wasn't really teasing when I said they're very consistent and human. They're an amazing yeah. group over there. So you guys need to go check them out over on Facebook. And also make sure that you check them out uh, at socialmedianewslive.com forward slash ecam. All right. So that's out of the way. So I want to talk to you um, a little bit more, Grace. And I know you're going to kick off the segment because you had a ton of questions. You were like, get out of the way, Jeff. I'm a coming. <laughs> All right. I love so, that you sent me all these questions. It was awesome. I'm like, these are really in-depth questions. I'm Grace is amazing. She is my superpower. Uh, I, I mean, she is the superpower of the show. I just show up. Uh, they just leave the door oh open God. and I just walk in. Okay. So. Jeff Hartley just show up. This is a team effort. It is me and Jeff. But uh, I like to just give people the same treatment I like, which is like, I like to know going ahead of something, what I'm going to be talking about. And today is all about creator mode. So mm -hmm. everyone wants a piece of the creator economy, LinkedIn included. They're not going to sleep on this. March 2021, LinkedIn launched creator mode. And if you're like me, you're probably just like, okay, what is this? I don't know. I'm just here to like give endorsements and, you know, recommend Jeff. So anyway, it, <laughs> but we heard that, uh, you know, at the time they said it, it allows professionals to function like influencers. What does that mean? Well, apparently I'm the only one that doesn't really get it because according to LinkedIn, more than 10 million users have enabled it so far. 10 million users. Now you talk about, Kate, that creator mode is the biggest untapped functionality and that it opens the door for growth because it gives you instant access to tools, features, and uh, helps you grow your audience base. And I'm like, LinkedIn, why didn't you tell me that in the first place? I probably would have gotten on it. But for those like me that don't, I did not understand this and did not understand its power. What is LinkedIn creator mode and who has access to it? Well, LinkedIn creator mode, as you said, came out in March of 2021. And when it first came out, there was all this like talk that it's coming out. And all of us who are like LinkedIn geeks were like, woohoo. And then it came out and it was like, you get to add five hashtags that will show up in the introduction card of your profile. Like, oh, cool. <laughs> right. Is that it? Um, and then supposedly our topics, our posts, our content was going to be served up more by the LinkedIn algorithm. But there's really no way to really prove that. In fact, some people said in the very beginning when they turned it on, they saw their content um, engagement go down. So there was a lot of, it's been going up kind of all over the place. And I would say that creator mode has really become um, more functional and more popular and more meaningful in the last just few months. So one thing you can do is add five hashtags. Um, if you choose to turn it on, um, then you add five hashtags, which are topics that you generally talk, talk about. And then going forward in your posts, you would use those hashtags in your posts that you have listed in your introduction card. They show up where your name, your headline, and then you see them underneath. They're still not clickable yet from your profile, but I have a feeling that's probably coming. Um, it would make sense that it would, but it's that they're not clickable yet. So the other thing is, though, is that now it gives you instant access to uh, LinkedIn newsletters and LinkedIn Live, which is LinkedIn's live streaming video. And you used to, before Creator Mode came, you used to have to apply right. for LinkedIn Live through an application on LinkedIn. Um, to give you a, an example, I've, I got it like three years ago, but I had five applications and it took me nine months before I received it. But now if you turn on creator mode, you have instant access to LinkedIn Live. No more of that application baloney. <laughs> um, and you get newsletters and that's where you can really get some functionality. The other thing that's coming and it's being rolled out right now is LinkedIn audio. So that is basically like LinkedIn's equivalent of Clubhouse, but way better. 
I've been in some of the, the beta uh, tests on that, not where I, I could be a guest, not where I could start. So LinkedIn audio is coming and I think that's gonna be another game changer. All right, so I wanna talk a little bit about the, you know, the difference between traditional LinkedIn versus LinkedIn creator mode. Now, LinkedIn Live, that's a no-brainer. Like, I was lucky enough. I had my friend, I think Jim Fuse and some other people help me get that really early on. In fact, we go awesome. there. We Yeah, we go there. We're there right now because we have a lot of people watching, like Eric Fisher and uh, let's see, uh, like uh, so, Chris was watching. But but the newsletters thing, I feel like I'm getting spammed all the time right now with these people yeah. asking me to be on their newsletter list. So I'm going to do a little side move here. Sorry, Grace. But how effective are newsletters? Cause I'm like, unless I really know the person, I'm like, okay, they have really good content. I know like if, uh, if like Chris and, and Jim Fuse from Dealcaster said, Hey, this is going to be specifically a newsletter about Amazon live. I would join that because I would want right. to know more, but I'm getting all these kind of random people that I've met asking me to join their list. And it's just getting a little bit overwhelming. So well, that's because when it, when it rolled out and opened up, it opened up in about January. Mm -hmm. And so everybody was like, oh, shiny new object on LinkedIn. I've got newsletters. Newsletters has actually been around on LinkedIn for a while, but it was only available to like the Richard Bransons and the Brene Browns of the world. Right. right. And then they opened it up to the average user. Okay. So what happened was, is everybody was like, oh, I can start a newsletter because when you do start your first newsletter on LinkedIn, LinkedIn automatically sends that newsletter out to all of your first level connections that, that like they do it for you. Mm. And so that's what happened is that everybody was like, ah, oh, newsletters, I'm going to do one. And, um, and then that first one goes out. So of course everybody did it. I will be honest with you. I want to do a newsletter. I've been wanting to do one for years, but I already planned when it first came out that I wasn't going to start it till Q3 because I knew this would happen. I knew that everybody would jump on the bandwagon. Right. And, and it would flood everybody's inbox, which is exactly what you said. Right. So I, I kind of like to wait for things. I'm one of those people that like waits for things to kind of calm down a little bit. Um, but, you know, you can choose to ignore or accept. So mm -hmm. the people that you want to see their content, obviously accept it. But um, I can go further into how newsletters can get you traction and get you leads, too, if you want. When yeah. we get to that. So. Grace, can we talk a little, we got a little bit of time and yeah. I, I wanted to give a shout out go to Chris. Go ahead. No, go Chris, ahead. I Chris Stone to... said, uh, I guess we need to spam Jeff with newsletter subscriber requests. Now you wouldn't be spamming me. I would do it. I would do it, Jim. Um, go ahead and talk about it just really quick. And we may have you back for another show just about newsletters, but go ahead and give okay. us an overview. So I'll just give you, I'll give you a quick example. I had a client who started a newsletter um, in February. And her first newsletter, she got about like 250 subscribers right off the bat. Yeah. Then she did the second month and she got another 300 or so. So she's had her newsletter up for about four or five months now. So what she did, and this is what she and I kind of worked on together and we tested it. As I said, well, you can see who your subscribers are. So you can click on it, see who's subscribed. Go and like send certain people, look at their profiles, see if those people might be prospects for you send them um, a message saying, hey, thanks so much for subscribing to my newsletter and start a conversation, right? Start building that relationship. So she did that. Then she was looking, she's like, you know what? I wanna get on more podcasts. I'm gonna see if people who are subscribed to my newsletter have podcasts. She found a number of them and messaged them and she got three podcast invitations. So she was nurturing those people who were subscribing to her newsletter and building relationships with them without being salesy and pitching them something. Mm -hmm. And then now she just reported to me um, a couple weeks ago that she's gotten three new clients just from doing this reach out via her newsletter subscribers. Very cool. Wow. You know, it's, it's just like anything. You got to work the tool. You know, the tool's not going to just magically bring you things unless you put a little effort into it. <laughs> So there was a question um, here, it, uh, going back to you, you made a comment about when you have creator mode, you, you get LinkedIn live. Yes. Do, so if you turn on creator mode, does that mean you, even if you didn't have LinkedIn live before now, you do have it if you have creator mode, because you know, you can still, because I think people are still having a hard time getting a link, like LinkedIn live. So I wanted to clarify that, like, is this just a fast track to getting LinkedIn live if you don't have it? Um, well, yeah, because you get instant access to it. The thing is with LinkedIn Live that people need to know is it's not like Facebook Live where you can be out walking around and you can just take your phone and start doing a live. You actually on LinkedIn, if you're going to use LinkedIn Live, you actually have to have a third party app in order mm -hmm. to stream. And there are five apps, one of which is Restream. 
Yep. Um, another one is StreamYard, and then there's like Switcher, and I don't remember the others. But you have to sign up for one of those apps in order to be actually able to stream live on your LinkedIn Live. Um, and so a lot of people don't realize that. So I think they think it's an instant live where you push a button somewhere and you go live, and it's not. You do have to have that app first. And, yeah. and, and that's really important to know. That so, is important. So before we get to the next question, I want to bring up this uh uh, one from our friend Gary Stockton. He goes, so can you migrate the list from LinkedIn over to your own email platforms? So I th just to be clear, Gary, do you mean like take your list? Like you mean when you say your list from LinkedIn, you mean your subscriber, the people who subscribe? I'm assuming that's what it means. No. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yes, you could, but you shouldn't just because of the, the issues around being cool about email platforms <laughs> yeah, right. and not not right. taking your contacts. So what I've what I've advised though to kind of do a little bit of do it a little bit differently, switch that a little bit. If you are already putting out a newsletter um, through traditional methods through your email client, you could also repurpose that newsletter. Or if you're doing a blog, repurpose that blog over on the LinkedIn newsletter. Create one and repurpose the same content there. You're going to get some duplicate people, but you're also going to get new people who aren't already on your newsletter because they're gonna be people in your connections, your first level connections that aren't necessarily on your email list. So I've, I've been suggesting for people to get extra traction by repurposing either their existing newsletter or an existing blog. Ooh, that's, mic drop there, that's worth, you guys can, we can just stop the show now. That's a really good, that's a really, okay, really good tip. Yeah, see, yeah, that's great. Hi. All right, great, sorry. You know, I was very quiet during that, so you can get a clear cut, clear cut for social media right. for your repurposing, Jeff. There Jesus. you go. Jeff is a repurposing wizard. So I, I wanted to call out Why Gary. I, talk last week. I know he's all about it. And uh, so Gary has this comment. He says that I'm super excited about LinkedIn audio. So tell us a little bit about that. We talked about a little bit about these profile enhancements, those updates. But can you give us more insight into this LinkedIn audio? Now, Jeff and I were preparing for the show and we kind of had this moment of just like, weren't they already doing audio or what, the, what were they doing? So clear the slate. Tell us what, what do we need to know about audio and LinkedIn? Well, it's my understanding that LinkedIn has been working on LinkedIn audio even before Clubhouse came out. They've been working yeah. on this for a while. And it was interesting when I got into Clubhouse um, a year ago, like January, February of 2021, and I was in checking out Clubhouse, all these link people from LinkedIn corporate were in these LinkedIn topic rooms. And I'm like, mm. oh, they're testing, you know, they're, <laughs> they're watching. And, um, and which is totally normal. So we thought it would come out sooner. So it's been in beta for six months and there were only like a hundred people who were given access to it. And so some of the people I knew in my world and I could go in as a guest. So it's very Clubhouse-esque, very Clubhouse-like, mm -hmm. um, except what I love about it the most is that when you click on somebody that's in the room, it takes you to their LinkedIn profile. And you, you couldn't get that level of information, you know, if you were on Clubhouse and looked at someone's, you'd get their little, you know, bio in the app. So um, I really, I liked it better. The quality is, is good. I've also read um, through some other content that fellow LinkedIn people have shared is that they might even be bringing a video component into this oh. too. Uh, not LinkedIn Live, but something that's going to be a social type LinkedIn video, like almost like the, the LinkedIn audio, but with video too. So I don't yeah. know about that, but LinkedIn audio is getting rolled out right now. It is out of beta. I am a total geek. I check every day, multiple times a day, because I'm super excited to get that. And then we're all going to get spammed with <laughs> LinkedIn audio, right? right. So, um, but I'm still really excited to get it. And the, the cool thing about it too, is whether it's um, a LinkedIn live or LinkedIn audio, you can create an event in LinkedIn. And the events feature is, is really pretty, pretty robust. You can actually follow hashtag LinkedIn events on LinkedIn and see all of the LinkedIn events that people are having, especially if they're virtual, you can see in person as well. But that's what's going to end up happening with with audio, too, is you'll create an event when you do LinkedIn audio. So I do not have it yet. So I can't talk about it from the standpoint as a moderator. So that's mm -hmm. pretty much all I know about it right now. But I think it's going to be a huge game changer. Well, I think the ability of being able to schedule it is a huge game changer because I know some of the, even with Spaces and Clubhouse, you yeah. kind of just had to be there in the moment, but it's like, well, if I'd known you were going to do this, I would have cleared my life, I cleared my schedule, right? right. But yeah. uh, so I think that that's a powerful tool. And I think well, it one makes- one thing I want to know about is like on Clubhouse, you know, you could bring 
20 people on stage. Mm-hmm. It was like everybody was bringing their friends. I don't know if that's going to happen as much because I think that was a thing that a lot of people were annoyed about um, by Clubhouse is that you wanted to be brought up on stage to ask your question, but you never could because there were so many people already in there. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and a lot of times they were doing a pitch. Yeah, right at yes. the beginning. And so, but I think this, to me, this makes sense. The audio makes sense for LinkedIn because Clubhouse, to me, what the groups that I were in were, were very business networking based. And that mm-hmm. seems that kind of platform would do really, really well to me on LinkedIn. So, yeah, I agree. Um, I'm excited real- to see how that'll play out. Yeah, I, I think it's it's going to be really, especially if you can record it and use it as a podcast later, because repurposing, that's what I want to. That's what I'm looking into, because I do a webcast, a monthly webcast, and I'm curious if I could like do it as a LinkedIn audio and figure out how to do it concurrently. I'm not mm. sure how that's going to work. Uh, but we'll that's talk. I think I, I think I can help you out with that. Um, cool. Yeah. So let's let's go. So people are like, OK, create a mode. I'm sold. How do I get it? Do I have it? So can you briefly walk us through the steps of setting up creator mode? Because I know I got LinkedIn Live and I just kind of turned stuff on and I'm like, I probably did it all wrong. So walk us through the steps of what we need to do to set up creator mode. Okay, so when you're in your profile, you literally scroll down just like a little ways in and you'll have what's called like a dashboard or it says resources. And right at the top of resources, it'll say creator mode off. It's defaults to off. You literally click it to on. You just click on it. And you'll go in and, and LinkedIn will ask you to put in five topics, which will be hashtags. So think that through. Don't just willy nilly pick five, pick five of the things that you really talk about. And then um, you'll see that you have access to LinkedIn Live and LinkedIn newsletters. And then if you choose to go further with those, then you can literally just click on them and start start doing that. But you mm-hmm. get, with LinkedIn Live, again, you have to get that third party app to stream. Um, LinkedIn newsletters, you can pretty much start right off the bat, but have a plan for this. Like have a strategy for how you're going to do this. Is it once a month? Is it weekly? Is it biweekly? Figure that all, all, all that out so that whatever you put out there has a plan. And if you're repurposing what you already have, even easier. And that's that's pretty much it, Jeff. It's just okay. literally turning it on. One of the things that people don't realize is that once you turn creator mode on, your connect button that's on your profile automatically changes to a follow button. So people can still connect with you, but it's a two-step process. Um, mm-hmm. But if people see the follow, they're following you, which does not mean they're direct to level connections, but they can get notifications of your content. Um, and there's nothing you can do to switch that because some people are like, I'd prefer to have the connect button um, and be visible, but you can't. So that does automatically happen. But like if you're a creator like I am and you want people to get notified about my lives, having the follow button is the, the right way to do it, right? Yeah. Yeah. There's also something else that that um, has nothing to do with creator mode is if you go to someone's profile and you see a bell in the upper right section of their uh, Mm -hmm. profile, which is under the banner on the right side across from the name. Mm -hmm. um, If there's a bell there, you can also click on that bell and you will be notified every time that someone posts um, content from that person. You will be notified. by So by clicking the bell, so follow and the bell kind of do the same thing. Um, but create the reason it turns into follow button is because you turn on creator mode. The bell is separate. So do you have the bell and uh, be the creator? Like if yeah. So know. everybody has the bell. You won't. Everybody goes. I don't see the bell on my profile. You won't see it on your own profile. You only see it on other people's uh, profiles. Okay. Yeah. So if you guys see the bell, you know, see yeah. if, I, if I'm bell worthy, go ahead and <laughs> click that. So. We'll just, go, we'll, go, I, I'll know who you Jeff are. Bell. Yes, go, go ring, ring my bell. I've had yeah. my bell rung a couple of times. So let's, <laughs> let's talk about, okay, now we've got creator mode. What do we do? What, you know, uh, you, you talk on, uh, and Lima was all about this, how to grow your reach and influence with LinkedIn creator mode. So how do we create better content? I know I need help with this. So we've got all the steps. We did everything you said to, to get it set up. What do we do next? Like to make this work? So where you get traction with creator mode the way it is right now would be to consider doing a newsletter or doing LinkedIn Live, okay? Because that's really where you can get some traction. LinkedIn Live, you know, if you're going to do that, maybe you're going to create some type of a show. I created a show about four years ago before LinkedIn Live even existed, and I would upload native video. My show is called Coffee with Kate. I do it once a month. I have a guest, and um, I would... When, when LinkedIn video came out, you could only upload a native video no longer than 10 minutes. So I would do this short little webcast, like interview, upload it as a native video, hoping that live would come, come about. So when live came about, now my show is like 30, 45 minutes once a month. Um, but I have a plan for it and I plan it out. You know, I plan out my, my guests. I have a plan for the type of content I want to put out. 
and how I can serve my network. So think about what you want to be doing. Don't just, you know, you, you can turn it on and then plan it out. But the other thing is too, is when you turn it on, LinkedIn tells us this, and I still take a little bit of this with a grain of salt, <laughs> is that your content is supposed to be served up more by LinkedIn's algorithm because you've turned creator mode on. We have been testing this like crazy. Sometimes it spikes, sometimes it doesn't. So I just, we, we can't kind of come up with like a definite LinkedIn says that's the case. Um, I've seen an uptick, but I've also been very, I've been more diligent about posting more often. I used to be like a three time a week poster, but now I'm going to like five days a week. And I've been doing that for about two months and I'm definitely seeing an uptick in my impressions. So, um, so, you know, again, it has to, you, you should have a plan for this, but putting out content that educates people or inspires people or sharing other people's content with your thought leadership on it. And then some self-promotion about your event or your thing or your service, mm -hmm. you know, all a combination of those is where you can really get traction in creating content on LinkedIn. Awesome. So we have a question from Martin. Buckland, who I believe is joining us from LinkedIn, uh, he says, I am not in creator mode and go link, uh, go live on LinkedIn link with LinkedIn Live several times a week. If I go creator mode, will I have more views on my LinkedIn Live? Good question. That is a great question. And I honestly don't know. I would say I would err on the side of saying yes, because if you turn creator mode on, that's part of LinkedIn's promise to you is that your content will see, be seen more. The other new thing, which just made me think of this, Martin, thank you is that um, one of the new things rolling out right now is that when you do a LinkedIn Live, it's going to show up in the feed when you're live. It didn't used to do that. So like on Facebook, if there's a Facebook Live, you see it in the feed. Um, with LinkedIn Live, you would only see it if you had the event, um, but now it's going to be showing up in the feed. So that's gonna help be bringing more viewers to your LinkedIn Lives as well. Very cool. And I got that straight from LinkedIn like, like a week or two ago in their marketing blog. Awesome. So yeah. when you're uh, when you're going live and you have the description, the title or, you know, I know that when we schedule things to reaching, there's the title and then the, you'll have the description. Are there any is there anything we can use in LinkedIn to just uh, make sure we're attracting the right uh, audience or, the you know, attracting those right people? You mentioned the hashtags are clickable, but is there something else we can do to I hate to use the word SEO because I like I, I focus on YouTube. So that's the word I'm yeah. thinking about, but that's not right just how do you get it in front of the right people well one of the things you can do through the event features you can invite your connections there's literally an invite button after you set up the event so i do that all the time i'll go through and i'll i'll find like i will go through my connections or i'll think of people who i know would be interested in that topic and i will literally send them the invite to the event for my linkedin live and i get a lot of people that way the other thing you can do is if you have a guest you can tag your speaker and so that they can share that event too, and they can invite people also. So that's where you can get some of that, you know, domino effect kind of thing to get more people in there. But once you set up the event, absolutely be sure to go in and invite your connections. Um, they'll get a notification and their notifications, just like where they get the, the newsletter or the invitations to connect, they'll get that notification there. Cool. Absolutely. So that, that uh, as yeah. Oh, well, okay. that was Martin's question. So Martin, you well, let us know. <laughs> yeah, if, let, Martin, let us know if we if there was anything else you wanted to add to that, we'll bring it up. But I'm going to move on to uh, my next question, which is as I was doing research on how people are using creator mode on LinkedIn, I stumbled upon this really interesting use case. So there are these two guys, Colin and Samir, Colin Rosenblum and Samir Chaudhry. And they have uh, they, their niche is all about creators, helping creators for creators. And they have a YouTube channel. And this is also a podcast that's distributed on all the major podcast platforms. They mentioned Apple and Spotify specifically. And they offer advice for aspiring influencers who are hoping to uh, professionalize, <laughs> I guess, monetize their online careers and making it a full time full-time gig, right? So okay. being on YouTube, being on these major podcast platforms, you think that's it, like that's the, this is where I need to be. But it was specifically announced that this pair are using their LinkedIn presence to interact directly with their followers, make, making sure that their fan-facing features are available through LinkedIn creator mode specifically. So even though they're on YouTube, they've got all this podcast 
you know, they've, they've got their podcast distributing everywhere. They're still, the way to talk to them is to find them on LinkedIn. And I was wondering if, like, that's such an interesting use case. That's, Are there that's any other cool. really cool use cases that you've seen? Like, what other use cases have you seen for LinkedIn Creator? But I was just very fascinated that, like, I mean, it's like you're doing well on YouTube. You you know, they were mentioned in the show as being, like, um, being it, right? And yeah. then they're still, but LinkedIn is where you go to talk to them. Yes. Well, I'm seeing more and more people doing that too. I'm seeing just overall, I'm seeing a lot more people finally taking LinkedIn more seriously now. Because mm -hmm. I think they're just seeing that, that, <laughs> that the reach you can get if you're using the tool well and you're putting out really helpful, unique, valuable content and building conversations that that's working. I hadn't heard obviously, but that that LinkedIn use case, but um, that you just shared, but that's, that's, that's incredible. It's kind of similar to that newsletter example I gave you with the client I had who was really working that subscriber list to build connections with and, and create, you know, conversations, leads, but in a way that's not salesy and pitchy and spammy. Um, so I don't really, I don't know if I can offer much more than to that than just to say, I think that's, that's really cool. And it just is another affirmation to me that people are taking um, the value of that they can get to get reach through LinkedIn. Like it's really working, you know, and that's really mm -hmm. meaningful there. Very, very cool. So, I, I mean, it's just fascinating that people are, are using that as a communication channel. Um, and there's some other stuff that, you know, uh, Fast Company said, since first launching Creator Mode last March, we've been excited to see the rapid uh, adoption of our suite of creator tools, everything from newsletters to audio events to enhance analytics. Uh, this is the product lead for Creator Strategy at LinkedIn, to, uh, the, talking to Fast Company. They said it's what's most exciting to watch is how creators are leveraging the different content tools to tell their stories in their own unique ways to spark member engagement. And that really caught Grace and I's eye because, um, you know, thinking about how to engage people on LinkedIn, you know, a lot of times we just kind of there's links that are dumped. There's just blog posts that are dumped. So I would love to know your advice of like ways to create content that sparks member engagement on LinkedIn. And you, and I'm not really like, hey, drop a, drop a question in and see what happens. I mean, what are some ways that we can like engage people and continue or create conversations directly on that platform? Well, one of the things that we've been reading a lot about recently is, and, and we've been getting some hints from LinkedIn about this as far as their algorithm goes, is that you can actually, not only are, do you wanna be putting out the content that I've just been talking about, the meaningful, helpful, educational content, but also to be commenting on other people's posts mm. and building conversations there. LinkedIn has just said that their, their algorithm is gonna be rewarding people more for commenting. So not just commenting and saying, hey, Jeff, great show. Right. <laughs> you know, hey, Jeff, great show. I really liked it when you talked to Kate about da 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 da. You know, I'm using it like, really make an effort to be commenting on other people's posts in a thoughtful, meaningful way. I've been directly testing this probably for the last month or so, and I'm getting so many more people sending me connection requests just because I've been interacting with their content. So it's not always what you're initiating, but it's the part about being part of that conversation and being in the engagement and, and really engaging there too. Um, one of the things we've also read about too is as far as sharing other people's content in LinkedIn. Last year we had, uh, there was a guy, there's a guy that, that you might want to follow. He's in the Netherlands. He's actually lives in Spain, I think, but he's from the Netherlands. His name is Richard Vanderblom, V-A-N-D-E-R-B-L-O-M. And he puts out a lot of content. He, he and his company do a lot of in-depth um, research into LinkedIn's algorithm. And every year they put out their sort of algorithm report from the standpoint of testing. It's not LinkedIn's algorithm report because that's the secret sauce. But um, Richard reported last year that if you shared people's content, LinkedIn's algorithm didn't like it because people would just share it with no comment. But now they're saying if you share it with a thoughtful, you know, thought leadership type comment with it about why you're sharing it, why you like it, maybe tagging the appropriate people, then that content is getting phenomenal reach right now. So that's where you can really start to build more of that traction in the conversation side. So I love that because I think that, I mean, I've seen it work for me for this. The technique has worked for years. And it's the, yeah. the key is not to go and like, you know, just make some 
goofy comment, but actually go like you were saying is like, hey, I really like what you said about this and this. Right. What do you think about this? And continue those conversations. Uh, I have now with connections to LinkedIn, some really high level people at Disney, Imagineers, because I've gone to their their posts and like there's a new thing that was opening at the park or something. I, and it's just amazing the connections that you can make by doing that. In fact, right. just I've said this before, but I can trace uh, that I produced Guy Kawasaki's podcast and all the stuff that I've done with him from back in the Google Plus days. There's your Google Plus reference. Oh my God, um, back in those days. Yeah, by making a, a comment, a thoughtful comment on Peg Fitzpatrick's post, which um, she was the, she was runs all his guy stuff and, yep. and, and having a, a relationship develop out of that to lead to work, you know, 10, 15 years down the road. So I, I it's, it just works. And so I understand why LinkedIn is like, Hey, we're going to get behind this and, and do it that way. So building the conversation that like, the algorithm what, the, and, the, and even LinkedIn has shared this, like, it's okay to like, like, and share, mm-hmm. but if you comment, we're going to see that as more meaningful content and we're going to serve that up more. The algorithm's going to see, okay, this is popular content. This is meaningful content. And so I've, I've seen when I've been doing the commenting even more in a more meaningful way, almost immediately I see the profile view. So-and-so looked at my profile or they've sent me a connection. Um, Mm -hmm. And that's just kind of like natural old fashioned networking. You're creating a conversation. Yeah. So, so, Go ahead. So, ahead, so, 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 um, so, so. <laughs> uh, so this is back to Grace's point with her about her SEO. Um, is there anything that we should like, is there certain types of topics or things that do well on LinkedIn or should you just stay in your lane and, you know, talk about what you want to talk about? Or should you be like, oh, LinkedIn's really highlighting this on the algorithm now. You should bring up this. Stay in your lane. Because if you're trying to build your influence and thought leadership, then stay in your lane, stay in what you're talking about. That doesn't mean that you can't still put content out there about other things. But, you know, I I don't know. I don't go after the trends. I mean, I post a lot about LinkedIn, you know, so if there's new features, I mean, I've got instant content. But um, I also talk a lot about personal branding. And so I put a lot of content out about personal branding or I share other people who are really well known about personal branding, like Mark Schaefer, for example. Right. I'll share a lot of Mark's um, comments or his podcast, his marketing companion podcast, with my thought leadership on it. Um, so th- I just feel that 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 is that is just the the best way to do it. Stay in your lane because people will get to know you for that. People will understand that that's what you stand for, and then you're creating like top of mind awareness for yourself. Mm-hmm. So not only are you making the, the content meaningful, but you're also you know, playing, um, you're also supporting your personal brand so that people know you for that. Very, very cool. So Martin has a question about, uh, or a question based on your your comment about uh, comments, impactful comments, in-depth in comments, uh, really elevating your content and elevating your platform. And he asks, are comments made on LinkedIn picked up by the algorithm? I have my experience with it, but I'm going to let you answer it first. Okay, (laughs) because you're the expert. So I don't know for sure, because again, that's their secret sauce. I would think that if people are putting meaningful comments in the comment section, because if you, you have to create the event for LinkedIn live, and then the event lives in LinkedIn and it lives as a replay. So any comments that are, are made on that should absolutely be catching the algorithm's attention. I can't say for sure, but I would think that they would. Now, what happens with comments on a LinkedIn live, as we like are doing right now, is you're getting all those comments and questions in the chat or people might be because they were in live and they're going, hey, Jeff, hey, Grace, you know, good to see you. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but but on the replay is usually when you can get a lot more meaningful comments um, because like if I have a speaker, I'll say to people, come back to the replay, go into the comments and ask a question and tag the speaker. And so then there's a longer shelf life for that episode and it usually happens after the live, which is where I think the more meaningful comments would come into play. Gotcha. Really- and then if you look at uh, Social Media News Lives, our, our LinkedIn profile, it's all of the videos that Jeff has repurposed and edited. And so, you know, we have the live, but then we also have like the clips and the comments or yep. you know different things that we've called out. And that's another way that we've used LinkedIn Live to generate more engagement, more comments. But I was also going to add to this, my experience on LinkedIn is that if Kate was to... Uh, 
because I follow Kate on LinkedIn, we're connected, and she highlights an article, then I see that she's highlighted that article, and then anyone else that comments that, it'll say like, oh, this person commented, and then you see their comments, and you just, you know, so I'm, I find that it's, it's, it's a very subtle way to network, because then you just see what other people are saying, and then right. you're like, oh, that's someone I want to connect to, or whatever, so there is a way that it helps elevate, at least in my experience of LinkedIn, and I used to find it kind of like, oh, I don't, really care what that person has to say but then you're like oh i do care what that person has to say like that was very insightful or well that's our total relationship actually because she she's like oh i should really care what jeff says i mean oh i do care what jeff says i care so much care so much well the nice thing too is that linkedin's getting much better about notifications now so like even if you make a comment and somebody replies to your comment um that's something we've been seeing a lot in fact even when you like if you, if you, even if you click the bell on somebody, LinkedIn's giving you like this little pop-up about it and like what to do with it. Like they're giving you more pop-ups like, hey, start a post about this if you're making a comment. It kind of happens randomly, but I can, it just tells me that LinkedIn is really paying attention. The algorithm's really paying attention to the conversations that are happening there. Very cool. You know, I, like, I really think it's a focus for, for, for them right now. Yeah, okay, so that, so, this is man, this is gold. I want to I, I need to finish the show and then I'll go back and fix my LinkedIn. So that's what we'll do. <laughs> stay on task, Jeff. Stay on task. By turn the way, on, stay, stay on creator mode. Turn stay. on creator mode. Yeah. <laughs> so um um so Gary asked real quick before I, I move to this next section. He goes, where is the show streaming on LinkedIn? It should be uh, streaming on I think Grace's profile, my profile, and our our page, but I'm not sure about our page. But I think even the cool thing about using Restream is that we're able to uh, share our links with our guests uh, and they can actually share it to their LinkedIn as well. So very, very cool stuff with LinkedIn pairs. Uh, just a little shout out to our friends over at Restream. Um, so uh, I used it, by the way, when you sent me the email yesterday, oh, Grace, I did the pairs. And so it's going to my LinkedIn live right now and it's going yeah. to my Facebook. Yeah. Yeah. So, sometimes I, I sometimes I don't connect it to our, uh, our our social media live one, but it's on Jeff's and it's on mine. But yeah. then all the clips and recaps and stuff, the things that like you know, uh, we I don't want to say really matter, but the stuff that like really calls out like the gold yeah. that we're getting from these shows. That's that's well, one thing that people it. might not realize either is that when you go live um, on a on a LinkedIn live and they people go to your profile, your banner at the top turns into the live. Yeah. You can't hear the audio right off the bat, but when you click on it. Then it goes into audio and it goes in with all the comments, but it shows up in the banner of your profile, which is really cool. Yes. I wish That's more really platforms cool. did that thing, did the same thing. Cause I think that is really, really cool. And it's very, very noticeable if you're going through and you see somebody, it's like, Whoa, oh, they're live. Yeah. And it's big. It's like, yeah. Ooh. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it takes it's it's not a little tiny thing. It's a big yeah, like it, yeah. I, I yeah, I discovered that when yeah, as I was you know, working for reaching something I discovered along the way. And I was like, oh my god, this is so powerful. Yeah. yeah. Untapped resource this LinkedIn. This LinkedIn is amazing. <laughs> Speaking about resources, don't forget about socialmediaslive.com forward slash ecam. Our friends over there where uh, they're doing all sorts of cool stuff with their uh, customer appreciation week. You can go to uh, ecam.tv forward slash C-A-W giveaway. They've got a ton of stuff going on it, for a couple more days. I think it ends on the 30th, but make sure to check them out. And we also would love for you to go to check them out at socialmediaslive.com forward slash ecam. Supporting them helps support this show. So we appreciate all you guys who go over there and give them a look. So I'm, we're going to go right. I wanted to make sure we had plenty of time because I know Grace would just flail me alive if I did not let her ask these questions. We're going to be talking about personal branding because if you saw the post, Grace says she wants to know what uh, she wants to be when she grows up and she wants to ask Kate that. And so I am still, I've just given up. I don't oh. know what I'm going to do. But uh, yeah, so we're going to talk about this Grace favorite topic. So Grace, I will yes. shut up and let you go. Oh, whatever. Jeff wanted to add to that, and Jeff doesn't know either. So, by That's the way, right. yeah. <laughs> so, I want to talk about personal branding. I wanted to wrap up today's show because you do, you are the founder and the driving force behind standing out online. And don't we all want to stand out online? And so, you know, when it comes to personal branding, how do you get started? with your personal branding story. If you haven't, or you don't know what you want to be known for, or for example, you do a lot of things and you have a little, lot of different interests, like, you know, 
Jeff and I talk a lot about like, what are the things we really stand for? And, you know, we talk about a lot of things, but like for Jeff, the big things he talks about every show is like community and repurposing. And I tend to talk about runs of shows (laughs) and production, but that's not exactly what I want my personal brand to be. So how do you kind of do that? Like mind work of knowing what it is that you want to be known for? Oh, I love that question. So first of all, your personal brand, think about before you get to the story piece, think about your personal brand side. So usually it's like, what is my, what is my superpower? What is my niche in what I do in my industry? So think about like, think about what other people say to you. Like when they say, Hey, I so loved working with you on this project. You know, you were really good at fill in the blank. Like listen to what other people are saying about your talents and skills, because those are part of your brand. What I always say is that like, you know, it's how you see yourself and it's how others see you. And then it kind of does the Venn diagram and whatever overlaps in the middle is kind of your personal brand. And, you know, people say, do I go around and talk about like, say, this is my personal brand. Like you don't walk up to somebody in a networking room and go, hey, I'm Kate Payne and this is my personal brand. You know, it's something that you kind of need to know in your core. You need to understand like what you represent how you want people to remember you when you've walked away, kind of a first impression thing. But then what is it that you know about? What's in like in your staying in your own lane, the topic that you know. Mm-hmm. Once you kind of have an understanding of that, then what I suggest is like try to come up with like a nugget of your personal story, like literally a few sentences. Like in my LinkedIn profile, for example, in my about section, I start out with I was an avid news junkie in seventh grade. And what I do is I go into the fact that I wanted to be when I grew up Um, at the time, a broadcast journalist. And I ended up getting an internship at CBS Evening News with Dan Rather way back in the 80s. (laughs) (laughs) And that experience made me realize I didn't want to be in front of the camera, but behind the camera doing research, writing, and basically storytelling. And so that's kind of what I do now, like when I work with my clients and I help them with their personal brand development and their story. So if you kind of think about your story piece and incorporate that into your personal brand, then you make your personal brand unique. So your story is personal, but it should tie into the professional. Like there should be a story arc, you know? Mm. Um, And I think that's kind of the starting point to really solidify that personal brand because everybody's known for something, but that story part makes your brand unique. Mm. See, I I love that. I talked about that at Momentum at at Disney last year. So that, that is, I think is, we all want, we all here to do our elevator pitch, right? Like, but that's not what connects you to other people. It's your story. And mm-hmm. I wanted to highlight, you know, Kate mentioned it a little bit, but you guys need to go check out her profile and the way she has written it. It is not like a bio that, you know, everybody asks for your bio or whatever. It is a story about her and what she did and how she connects with people. So it's a really great example. Uh, I'm going to go back and rewrite mine based on hers because it, yeah. it just does a really, really good job. So the next question I wanted to ask is like on LinkedIn, you know, there's an influx of, you know, content on employee branding. You know, you're supposed to prop up your employees to speak about and represent your brand. But how can you set your personal brand apart from your marketing or PR, you know, within a company? Now, I'm not talking about like, you know, you're where you're not an employee, but like are the co-owner. But like if you're working for somebody, how do you how do you do that? in your LinkedIn profile. Everybody has their personal brand because everybody has their own unique skill sets and superpowers and their niche, right? Um, So even if you work for someone, so I work with a lot of people who work for another company. And so what I want them to do is focus on the the superpower they have, their industry, and and even, you know, right down to knowing the keywords for that industry, because you want to sprinkle those keywords throughout your LinkedIn profile too, which is what helps you get found. So when I'm working with people who are doing something like that, I'm like, whose attention are you trying to grab? Is it a recruiter, hiring manager? If so, envision them when you're writing your profile. So talk about the things that you do, but talk about the benefits that you provide. So I was, you know, instead of speaking in resume speak, like in the experiencing section, like responsible for implemented, you know, um, that stuff, use first person, be conversational, but talk about the features and the benefits that you provided to that, to that employer. So that in the, in the other thing is what you end up doing sort of by default, which the company would like, if somebody from the company looks at that person's profile is that then they'll see you as a brand voice for them, a brand ambassador for them, 
because you're talking about the place you work and hopefully you're talking about it favorably. Right. <laughs> um, and then you end up kind of being, being a, a brand ambassador. A lot of companies hire me to work with their marketing and sales teams to optimize their LinkedIn profiles so that they can actually be brand voices for the company and the company is encouraging that. So that's a, kind of becoming a new, a new thing and a new standard. Mm. Well, it's so funny because like on, there's a lot of career videos on TikTok and Instagram right now. And there's this whole mood of, of like the employee or the employer is the enemy. You're not, you know, all, all this stuff. And so um, you guys have all seen the content. I don't have to get too specific about it, but it's the very much like, you know, don't do this and don't do that. And your company doesn't own you that kind of that, that, that vibe. Okay. Right. And I was always, I always wonder like, how are you doing this and your day job at the same time? <laughs> like, right. How are you sitting here talking about like your employer is like evil, right? Quote unquote. Yeah. <laughs> and then like going to your day job. It's like, I don't get it. Right. But um, anyway, back to standing out online. I wanted to know how do you, Kate, kick off the process with your clients? So someone comes to you and says, you know, I really want help telling my story. How do you kick off? that process and what would you tell people to focus on as a starting point? And I'm thinking, I, I thought about this question in terms of, you know, I've got a teenager that's starting his college search and he's working right. with a college counselor. And so the first steps was this aptitude test to just even think about like, what is it that he's even interested in? And the second part of it is a personality test of just like, what is his personality? Wow. And then, you know, we have all this other insights into, um, into like his learning style and everything else. So that's how we've kicked off like, but that's college, right? That's a college, right. which is very similar to career. But how do you kick it off? Well, I typically, you know, when I work with my clients, I, I interview them to tease it out. Like that's a part of my, mm -hmm. my service offering. And it's also my, it's my joy. I love doing that. I love helping people identify their story. But what I do when I, when I um, talk about this with people is to basically think of, there's several prompts that you can think of to kind of think about what your story is. So one of them, the easiest one is, how did you get into doing what you do now? So like if for some reason you went to college for political science and you end up being like the executive director of a nonprofit, what's the story arc there? Like think about that. And then when you're writing this and you're putting this together, literally like do this offline, like do this as a brain dump and then you know winnow it down into something succinct. So that's, that's the easiest one. Um, the other one is like, think about a time in your life where you had a transformational experience and, and something that relates somewhat to your, it's personal, but relates to your professional or your field or your industry. Um, maybe you took a, a, you know, a gap year and you traveled around the world or something like that. Maybe that experience is something you want to tie in for your story. So there's, you wouldn't be doing all of these. These are just some prompts. I have like multiple. I work um, in a volunteer aspect with a lot of um, military members who are leaving their um, their military special operations jobs and transferring into the uh, transitioning into the civilian a civilian career. And I do mm -hmm. volunteer work to teach them how to use LinkedIn to optimize themselves for this. So for them, their story is like, why did you go into the military? And their stories are pretty fascinating. Right. Um, yeah. You know, they're like maybe their grandfather served in World War II or something like that. One of them, one of them wrote and they're like, I used to play with the little green army men. <laughs> right. And he kind of talks about like how he used to set up these scenarios. And, and he said that when these use these stories, these are conversation starters. They make somebody's profile that much more interesting. Mm -hmm. And where I suggest people to incorporate this into their LinkedIn profiles in the about section at the very top so that you hook your reader in in those first two or three sentences um, to grab their attention and then segue into, you know, what you do, who you help and how you help them. So it's who you are, what you do, how you help is kind of the formula for the about. But that story piece comes in at the beginning and, you know, have some fun with it. You know, ask other people that you respect or who write, ask them for their feedback on that. Ooh, that's a great, that's a great tip. And that, that's right. Cause a lot of times we have blinders on when we, when we mm -hmm. talk to, uh, uh, when we write our own thing and we're like, and it's one, it's at least for me, it's hard to write about myself. And so yeah. asking other people like, Hey, what am I really good at? Cause like, you know, I don't know. And so they'll yeah. tell you. 
Yeah, our friend Julie Riley, uh, you know, she she works over at uh, Streamyard, actually. She uh, did this through Volley, actually, where she asked a set group of people where she uh, she asked, like, how do you think of me outside of my role at my company? What do you, you know, what are my strengths? All this stuff. And I think she asked a handful of people that and it was through Volley's. And so it was uh, yeah. it was it was a really cool way to just like, oh, hop on this video app. And like, we didn't even have to worry about writing it. I was just kind of like, well, this is what I think of you and, you know, it, it, how I've my experience with you. So there's a lot of ways to capture that information. You don't have to. And what you just shared about Julie, and I met her last week, actually, which yeah. was cool, um, is, is exactly what I say. Ask other people, like think of three or four people that you trust, whether it's a past client, a current client, a friend, a trusted advisor, mentor, whatever, and say, when you think about me, like what's something that stands out? You know, what's, what's something, because the way we see ourselves, just like Jeff said, we all hate writing about ourselves. Mm -hmm. We don't want to be seen as braggy or whatever. And we just, it's uncomfortable um, because it just is, it's hard to, you know, I always say the hardest LinkedIn profile I've ever written is my own. Um, And, and so asking other people for their insights on you, isn't a way to like give them, have them compliment you, you know, up, up, you know, over the top, but it's a way for them to get some feedback that maybe you just don't see yourself through other people's eyes. Yeah. Yeah. And the other, and the other thing is, is I think it's important to ask for recommendations like, so, and and not feel weird about it. Like right in the green room before this, I was talking with Kate and I said, Hey, do you mind giving me a speaker recommendation? And she goes, yeah, you give me one. I'm like, yeah. And so, and Grace has done one for me. I've done one for her. So I think getting comfortable enough to ask people just like, Hey, do you mind, you know, not a big deal. Don't spend a lot of time on it, but just, I'd love for you to give me a recommendation. And I think that goes a long ways. Can I give a quick tip on a really solid recommendation? Yes. Go. Yeah. So, in, the, in your LinkedIn profile, you have your skills section. And in your skills section, you can add up to 50 skills. But LinkedIn's algorithm sees the skills as keywords too. So oh. if you, you know, populate those skills, I usually say start out with like 30, 25 to 30 for your skills. They need to be skills. But remember, like, like I don't put in um, marketing as a skill. I put in social media marketing because mm-hmm. it's much more targeted and it's much more real. And it happens to be a keyword bonus. Mm-hmm. So, so that's cool. So when you think about what's in your skills section and you think of maybe two, three, five people that you want to ask for recommendations from, ask each person to write you a recommendation for a specific skill set so that, or a specific project you worked on so that you're getting a really detailed recommendation from them instead of Jeff's a great guy. I mean, <laughs> Jeff's a great guy, but getting five recommendations of Jeff's a great guy or Grace is a great gal you know, um, is good. But if you can get people to write about something specific that you did for them or a specific one of your skills, then you're getting a way for people to tell your story without you having to write a word. Mm. That's See, such a helpful prompt because when P- I get asked for recommendations all the time, I've done one for our friend Ian Anderson Gray. I have one pending for uh, one of my uh, one one of my contacts to restream and i always ask them like what do you want me to talk about i know you this way this way this way right like you know yeah so that's a good prompt to just say hey can you talk about you know what you've learned from me as a speaker can you talk about you know working with me as a marketer that's uh that's a good idea because i always go back and ask that i'm like what do you want me to focus on (laughs) well exactly it also makes it easier for the person who's going to write it because you're asking them to write about something more specific you know, we've all said, hey, could you write me a recommendation? Sure. And then they're like, what do I say? Right, right. She breaks great chocolate chip cookies. No, wrong. She's a snappy dresser. Um, yeah. So, Shows up half the time on time. Right. right. <laughs> so speaking of on time, we are down to the final minutes of our show. This has gone so fast and it's amazing. This is the Th- fastest hour ever. Thank you guys for all your great questions. I do want to bring up Gary Stockton because one, he's amazing. And two, he stayed till the end of the show. He goes, uh, is it true that with creator mode, you have to have it to see some of the features like the short video story or the website URL field. I'm not sure what he's asking, but I mean, it's- I'm not sure what he's asking either. When you say the short video story, cause stories are no longer a thing on LinkedIn. So if you literally mean stories mm-hmm. or do you mean like the little profile video where you can have a 30 second video show up in your profile? 
So if he can clarify yes. his question. So Gary, awesome. what we'll do is we'll come back into, cause you're on LinkedIn. We'll make sure we go in. And since uh, Kate is yeah. on there all the time, we'll, we'll try to get that clarified and figure it out. But uh, I wanted to have a little bit of chance for Kate to tell people where they could find out more about her, all the stuff she offers and just, you know, where to connect best with her. So Kate, what's, what's well, that? Certainly you? you can um, visit my website, standingoutonline.com right there on screen. Please, please, please connect with me or follow me on LinkedIn. So it's LinkedIn dot com slash in slash Kate Payne, P-A-I-N-E. And um, send me a message. I also actually have a free ebook about how to tell your story. It's short, it's sweet, and it's got exercises in it. So if you, um, you can also email me at Kate at standingoutonline.com and I will send you the PDF of that ebook too. Very, very cool. Well, I'm going to get that ebook for sure. So yeah. uh, Grace, I wanted to bring up this comment from uh, Gary just because yeah. he's amazing. He goes, amazing Grace. How sweet the sound. Aww. So there we go. Aww. You've well, got his, all these fans. Get, well, because he's complimented me, we'll give him one. Uh, he's asking about the 30-second profile video he, uh, in your profile. So if you go to Kate Kate Payne's profile, you see that her photo isn't a static image. It's a it's a little 30-second thing. And uh, Vivica Von Rosen has it as well. She made hers yep. into like... Uh, I think it was an ad for something at the time, not really an ad, but um, it was a promo for something at the time. So it is personal. How do you get access to that 30 second like little? So everybody has it. You can only access it on the mobile app and it has nothing to do with creator mode. So anybody has it. Everybody has. It's been rolled out to everybody. That's my understanding. So you have to go into the mobile app, click on view profile. And then um, uh, when you see, you'll see like a circle around your profile photo with a little plus sign. You click on the plus sign and then that will open up the app. You can record it right there from your phone or you can record it in another app and then upload it. So it can't be longer than 30 seconds. And then um, they now have metrics for it so that you can see how many people have viewed it going forward. And it's silent, right? You can't use audio or it plays three second silence so that people will see there's something there. And then when they click on it, then they'll hear the audio and, and the video okay. play. Cool. I thought it was just silent. That's amazing. All right. Yeah, cool. it's really it's really cool. And people, I've seen people like cool. have their their number to call. They've been like a call to action they put in there. So there's way oh, yeah. like and like we were yeah, saying. Yeah, make it about who you are, how you, who you are, what you do, and how you help. Not just blah blah blah. Kate Payne. Blah blah blah. Kate Payne. Blah blah blah. Because right. they see right. that they see that in your profile. So just you know, yeah. go ahead yep. and get into your call to action. So. Very very okay. cool. And it's the Our, only platform that offers that. Yeah. Uh-huh, it is. It's, it's really nice. Yep. So thanks for that question, Gary. Thank all of you for all your great questions. Dr. L, I see you jumped in today. Sorry, I didn't give you a shout out earlier. Uh, Martin, thank you so much for the great questions. Uh, Chris and everybody who's watching on Facebook and all the different platforms, uh, thank you so much for watching on YouTube. And uh, as, as always, this is also a podcast. So if you miss any of it and you want to listen to us like while you're out and about, uh, make sure you go to your favorite podcast player. Give us a rating and review. Uh, that helps us out a ton. Our next show is on Friday, July 1st. We've got a special guest co-host, so you're going to have to tune in for that. It's going to be at 11 a.m. Eastern, 10 a.m. Central. And you can find us, as always, on Facebook, LinkedIn, YouTube, and Amazon Live. Thank you so much, Kate, for being here. Thank all of you, Thank guys. you guys. Thanks, uh, Grace. See you guys later. Thanks, Bye. Thank you. Social Media News Live.